Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 268 of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Horn, alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. How badly do you want to play Pokemon Arceus right now? Oh, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. I'm, I'm pissed. Like... We got an impending snowstorm, but we also have my wife's birthday party on the weekend. It's supposed to come out. She's so, got so. What if you get snowed in with the game? I think you're in good hands. Yeah, but I have two kids, so that's not true. Like, it sucks. Actually, got you in a look. <laughs> she watches the kids forty hours a week while I work. That ain't happening. Oh, like, man, um, it's I am just. She she knows how you feel about she Pokemon. Knows, she knows, but but one just came out in November, so she was like, "Again, motherfucker!" It's like, "Yeah, again, motherfucker." This is the but big it's one. but it's, this is the first one. This the open world this is the Zelda. This it's not the open world. This is the it is it's open area, but it's it's still they give you a little still, bit. They give you a, a little bit, yeah, and it's still like you it's get still the one. The yeah. if if you. You know, if you said which one would you rather have, it's like pff, fucking Diamond and Pearl remakes can just go away forever. I'd rather have Legends Arceus. And yeah. now that well, I think once you dive in, you're gonna be like, I played 200 hours. Like Ashley's pissed. I, I, I would it. not be shocked if I have close to that when the year is up. I have yeah. no, I have no doubt. Especially Damn. if they give us DLC. I know you. I put like one, I looked at every inch of every corner. I think I put in 199 on on shield and then another 25 or 30 into sword so like i have 215 220 hours into that into that one i only have like 22 hours into bdsp i, I you know i never did any of the post game i was kind of just done with it when i beat the elite four it was kind of done but uh ryan cunningham got a switch and got bdsp he got shining pearl uh, because okay. Jim and I both have brilliant diamond and he's getting Arceus. I told him, I was like, you got to get sword and shield. It's the inferior Pokemon game to BDSP, but I don't know what his, his deal is, but he got himself a switch. It's funny too. He said, Oh, I was going to try and get an OLED, but I can't find any. And then the fucking next day, classic game junkie posts a picture of like 20 OLEDs. They got stuck. <laughs> Like, oh my god, that's great! <laughs> they've been getting some banger games, and I, I honestly think they already have them on the shelf. I personally think they're drumming up excitement by taking things they have off the I, shelf that are hype. Way, I think it's working. And you put it online, and people are like, "Oh, you just got that, and I got to get it before it goes." And you drum up the phone calls. I think it's just genius marketing. I'm probably wrong. It's probably a mix of both. That's what I, I bet you. That's what it is. It's a little bit of both. And you know what? Goddamn, Frank, you're a genius over there at Classic Game Junkie. If that is the case, we had Frank on the show. Go back and listen to that just before the pandemic, July of I think nineteen. Uh, we went out to Classic Game Junkie for a night, stayed late, played, did an interview on top of a Pac Man cab. It was a lot yeah, of fun. I got man. another copy of Twist the Middle too. It was a good I think night. you got Conquer too. I'm not I sure did. if that I, was that night. Yeah, I was it. I, I don't know. Been. It I don't been. know. Well, we had a lot of fun with that one, so go check that bonus episode out with Frank Stancheck Jr. of Classic Game Junkie and Glenside PA. If you need any retro things or new, hit them up. Even console repairs, they're the place to go. We got a big show for you tonight. Picks of the week, trivia, six and a half for me, four for Sam. I'm excited for my pick of the week. I had two. I had to make a last second decision, but I got one in the bank, and I'm excited for it. We're gonna go movies tonight. First, we got some Mortal Kombat news, some Mission Impossible news, and The Rock is gonna start a video game movie. So we listed our top three hopes and dreams for what video game movie we'd want to see the rock star in before we go to tv with our ozark season four part one impressions i'm not done it 
I'm only halfway done. I mean, it's literally three and a half episodes done uh, of this seven. So I'm not done. We were going to do spoiler free anyway, but I've seen enough to formulate an opinion. My opinion has slightly changed over the last week since I first tweeted out my impressions of it. So I'm definitely excited to talk about that. We have some Suicide Squad spinoff news, some Peacemaker news, some Halo news, kind of. I think we'll have more Halo news next week. Uh, This is more of a teaser until the big thing. The last teaser. Sam, I know it has to be. Sam will take over in gaming where we got Pokemon Legends Arceus. Just a reminder that that's coming out. Elden, well, I just gave it to you. Elden Ring uh, has a uh, uh, update on its length. So we have that. We have EA Star Wars news. We have Call of Duty exclusivity news, Yacht Club games, and Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl before we do one more. And this is it. One final story on this When We Were Young Fest. And it's not even the story that's the story. Hang on for that one. You're going to want to hear me talk about that. And then Sam will take us home with a weekly WADA. Is it a weekly WADA? Are you doing CGC, TCG? Nope. It's a WADA. All right. And then then we will get on out of here. So enough dilly-dallying. Let's start where we customarily do with our picks of the week. I always say it, but you're probably going to be pissed. I had to do it because I didn't see nothing else. I'm going with Ozark. I'm sorry you didn't see it all. I'm ready to spoil it. I'm sorry. You're going to be pissed. No, I'm kidding. I'll keep it spoiler free. Thank you. It's, it's, it, it, they, they are back like they never left. I feel like it's been, what, two years since we've seen them? It is March of 19, I believe, was the last time. Jason Bateman, he, he's. Oh, March, March of 20, man. March of 20. So bad. what have you, like, where are you at? And see, like, I don't want even want to say anything if you haven't even been there. Don't say anything then. Just tell me what you think about. It. I am halfway through three. Where did you I, get introduced to Javi? Yeah, I got introduced to Javi. Yeah, okay. Javi's like I, like the first episode of the. I, it was either the first or the second episode he came. But Alfonso Herrera plays him. He's fantastic. I love what he brought to this season. It was something different. It was something. Didn't he remind you of Tony Dalton? Did he remind you a little bit of Lala? Like just a smidgen. It's nothing I, I, to do with his ethnicity or anything like that. I mean, well, they're both drug cartel, aren't they? And so the, and like the menacing, like nice guy drug cartel. He, That's what it is. No, the the best part is I was a little late watching it. Like our buddy Alex, uh, he watched it all in one shot, mm-hmm. and he was like, "When you're done, you got to call me immediately." So like I was like, <laughs> yeah. I remember when I watched it, I was I everything but the finale to go, and I was like, I felt like something big was going to happen, and. You know, he's like, you know, I was I saw someone's going. I feel like it's big, and and I, I all of a sudden I was, I got it right. I hit him with it before I saw it, and just the way it was done, I, I, I thought it was great. Um, it, it's definitely a little bit di- different than what we had a little bit last season, but it's it just uh, characters well, last season that sucked. Season three was not good. This just wasn't yeah. good. At least for me, there was two characters, like one that I, you know. I hated, I hated I liked, ben. and I one hated that ben. I hated, and now I loved. So it's like I, I flipped a couple things. Um, it, it, it's, it's probably how you know, they're just messing with us now. I, I feel like with only seven episodes left, like people are saying, like, do you think everyone's going to make it out alive? I was like, I already have like a theory that it, if someone makes it out, like it, it'll be this or that, you know, like, I, you know, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but I, I that, that's the way I'm going. I, I truly feel like Ozark found this footing. If you felt like last season slipped, even though I, I thought it was good. I, I like last season. I, I enjoyed basically everything. Um, I know you. You know you had your disagreements with Ben. I think he's the worst character ever introduced in the show. Yeah, and, and that you know, includes Jonah, who is just an asshole. Yeah, and well, I would say I'll just say Jonah's the smartest idiot. That's yeah, for all, real. I'll, that's <laughs> for all I'll say about I'll Jonah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. 
Um, you know, Charlotte, she, you know, again, she, she's the one that improved for me. I, I used to like not really care for her. And then she kind of, you know, Ozark didn't do a great job with the kids. And so when, yeah. you know, I, again, well, I'm not where you are, but like to me, Wendy started teaching Charlotte some things about business. And I felt like, okay, they're not just going to waste her anymore. They're not yeah, just going to ever be the runaway. It's going to be a little bit more of the kids, you know, whether they're helping them or dealing with their own thing. Yeah. And it, so it's just not just the parents. Like now the kids are getting even the more, more crap than what they already did, especially with Jonah last season having the shotgun, you know? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But again, I, I thought the first seven episodes were great. It stinks that I have to wait for the final seven. Not too it's long. Just, it's it's all it's this year, thank God. But you know, Laura Linney as as Wendy, she's great. Um, and I I'm, I'm just glad to have the birds back in town. So if you have Netflix, make sure you check out the new season of Ozark. Yeah, and the other three that preceded in, in, in the TV section. I'm sorry to throw that on you. That's it's funny because the first season, um, I might have told you this before, but the fr- I watched like a 20 minute recap of the first three seasons because it's been two years and I just wanted to kind of catch myself up. And-, and, and and they give you a nice catch up in the beginning also when you watch it. Yeah, some people disagree. Like I've, I've talked to a few people that like that three minute video did dink. Like it did just nothing for me. I'm like, okay, well, oh, wow. that's, I'm coming from the perspective of somebody who watched a 20. So like, I'm good. I mean, like I, I can't I, really. I miss Dell. Don't get me wrong. As I am Morales, as, as Camino, he was, he was great as Dell. Um, so. Uh, you know, it's funny, like, like looking back at that first season, how much they jam packed into that first mm. season. There's so many storylines and so many things. I watched this 20 minute recap. It was like 11 minutes in and he was like, and that's the end of season one. I said, holy smokes. They put that much into the first season. Then he just crammed the other two seasons in his last nine I, minutes. I mean, there's there, there's still some slip. Obviously, it's not a perfect show, but there's still some, especially from season one that I, I had some nitpicks about the, you know, the password with the newspaper. Yeah, like, I, remember I, that. I had some nitpicks. I remember that too. And yeah, I thought, I thought season one was by far the best the show has been. And I'll talk more about where I feel like season four fits thematically more towards one, two, or season three when when I get to TV. I'm sure it'll be more me giving my impressions and you'll kind of piggyback off of that because you just kind of talked about it here, uh, which I'm excited to talk about because it's been two years since we got to talk about Ozark and it is worth the watch. That I mean, if you want my high level stuff before I dive into it, it's worth the watch. It's one of the best shows on Netflix. It's, yep. and, and so even with a, to me, pretty shit season in season three, it, it almost doesn't matter because it's just overall like it's better than the individual pieces. It's some and, of its parts are great. And like they're, they're not dragging it out. They're kind of like they're doing like Breaking Bad did. They're getting, you know, like five or four strong seasons and they're out. And I think seven episodes gives them enough time to tie up everything that they laid out for us in the first what four seasons. Yeah. My pick of the week is on Amazon prime. It is a new show that just debuted on the 21st of January. So last Friday, it's less than a week old. It's a comedy. It's a drama, but it is for the adults. It is called as we see it. Uh, I was looking very, very forward to this since I saw the preview on Amazon, or I think around August or September of last year, I put it down on my phone under my 2022 list already, just so I can kind of remember that it's there. I always do that. I put things I want to watch with release dates next to it. So I never forget. And luckily I got to watch it on day one. Uh, It's eight episodes all around 29 to 35 minutes long. So it's very easily bingeable. You can knock it out in just over four hours. And I'm happy to say that I did. I knocked it out in one sitting. Amazon tends to give you the one at a time. They dropped all eight and I was refreshed at that and i was like that's not that's new for me netflix is the only place that really does that and i kind of wanted that with this show and so i'm I'm happy i got it and i already 
I already finished it. So that's very nice. Um, as we see it, I always talk about atypical on Netflix and it being one of my favorite shows, one of my absolute favorite top three or four Netflix series of all time. It's right up there with stranger things and Ozark. If I had to probably rank them. And so, you know, you look at that show and it's about a teenager on the spectrum, uh, and kind of dealing with high school and college and thereafter with autism. And as much as I love high school dramas and and all that stuff, the high school part of me has never left. There is a part of me that does want an adult, oriented thing like that and that's what this show is it's funny as hell it's dramatic as hell. i cried during the pilot that never happens and uh and this is about three adults 25 and 26 year olds that live together in an apartment they're all on the spectrum and they have to find a way to kind of not only live together but figure out adulthood and not only that but the cast is stacked um these three individuals are obviously the main characters violet jack and harrison fun you know oddly enough uh but mandy is their age she basically is with them in the apartment all the time she gets paid to do it and it's kevin bacon's daughter uh what is it sosi i believe bacon um she looks just like kevin bacon it's kind of weird i'm kind of like uh it's it's a little jarring at times because i think i'm just looking at kevin bacon with a wig on um but it's her journey too and they tell that kind of a story and b story of these three people trying to figure out adulthood with autism and this person figuring out if this is what she wants to do does she want to go to you know berkeley and study that or you know duke or whatever and try to figure out she wants to be a neurologist you have joe man what is it joe mantegna he's in it he's so good as jack's father uh he's battling some things as well um, Omar Mascotti, Vela Lavelle. So like unbelievably good cast, solid stories, little inconsistencies that I'm like, mm, probably wouldn't happen. Some weird product placement, like Violet works at Arby's and they really let you know that all the time. They never, ever don't let you know Arby's is a thing. Uh, and there's another one. I can't remember the product placement that I was like, yeah, this, this seems this seems like somebody paid for it. Um, but it's really funny. It's really dramatic. Again, really heart-wrenching. You feel for these characters and it leaves you at the end of season one, these eight episodes wanting more, but not with like this insane cliffhanger where you're like, Oh my God, you just kind of, it leaves you satisfied enough, but like intrigued enough to want more episodes, which is exactly what I want out of a show like this. I don't need to be left on a fucking cliffhanger with a comedy comedy drama. I just don't need that. I just want to be excited for more. And that's what I am as we see it on Amazon Prime, eight episodes, boom, highly recommended. So Ozark for Sam, as we see it for me, let's go ahead and dive into our trivia. Sam, it is six and a half for me, four for you. I'm going to give you the question first. Hit me with it. I am almost positive I asked you this before, but that is okay. Um, I definitely did now that I'm thinking about it. In Uncharted 4, here's a layup for you. Nathan Drake is playing a Crash Bandicoot game on his TV with Elena. Which Crash Bandicoot game? Uh, to be honest, I don't even remember. I mean, there was the, the boulder, wasn't it? Wasn't it one and two? <sighs> I don't even remember. I'll go two. It is Crash One, mm. as a matter of fact. And by the way, it is canon that Nathan Drake on his PlayStation game is playing an Xbox first party title. I just want, or at least a character. That's just kind of the world we live in now. Is the, in that PlayStation yeah. exclusive? There's an Xbox exclusive hidden. <laughs> It's so so freaking odd, huh? It's so right. weird. Another one, I, I we always say, I, I asked you this, I think, but here we go. What was the code name for the f- 
for the prototype of the Xbox 360. You asked me pretty recently for uh, some kind of code name. I, some I remember code seeing. name. Uh, Cassini asked me Metroid Dreads re, uh, recently, and, and that one was like Eris or whatever it was in in Spanish. It was Hunter for I can't remember the name of it. Um, I don't think you asked me. It, it all it was, no, they all blur together. It wasn't the 360 for sure. I'm pretty sure it was like the the N64 or something like that because I don't know the 360s. I know that I know the Kinects was Natal. I'll never forget that. But I don't know the 360s. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna need you. I like to say Xbox too, but <laughs> I'm gonna pass. I want your uh, your choice. <clears throat> okay, you have A Matrix, B Morpheus, C Cipher, or D Trinity. Mm, they're all like matrix names uh or at least that was, that was my intention uh, i don't i don't know um it's, it's kind of funny like they all could be it so it's like huh they all four <clears throat> matrix like they, things yeah they all they all could be it can you give me them one more time i'm sorry a Matrix, B Morpheus, C Cipher, D Trinity. At least he didn't say Neo. Um, I'm gonna. Neo s- would have been too obvious. Yeah, right. You know, this is a weird connection I'm gonna make, but Trinity has three in it. Trinity is the th- the three things, and it's the three sixties. That's the only thing I'm going off of. I'm gonna say Trinity. That is correct. Get the fuck out of here. It yeah. makes sense. Trinity 3, 360. I don't know where they got 360 from. I think the Xbox 2 would have been funnier. But what are you going to do? All right. What's nah, that then? That, that Seven. Just sucked. 7.5 or 7, 7 to 4. 7 to 4. All right. I've I'm had right big there. leads like this before, and they have just dwindled and dwindled and dwindled after time. time, time. All right. So that was a random guess in the dark. So. All right. Here we go. 18 minutes into the show. Ready and rocking and raring to go. I. I I wanted to figure out a top three around this first story of the night, but then I was like, like characters we want to see in the second movie. And it's like, yeah, we probably could do that another time when we get a trailer or something, but it is finally confirmed something we already thought was happening that the 2021 mortal Kombat live action movie is officially getting a sequel. And Jeremy Slater is attached to write the project who has just written Disney Plus's moon Knight. Yeah, who the hell knew? I, I I thought Warner Brothers already greenlit this. Uh, they were slacking. Uh, good to know because I, I I just assumed. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and now it sucks because I feel like this isn't going to happen until twenty four. Yeah, so it's like, okay, so you only I assume Johnny Cage just the way it, it ended. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, he'll be there. You know, at least him. You know, imagine maybe Goro, maybe another like to me. Goro's maybe back Sha- because they Shadow Khan. At least you need you need a big bad. Yeah, you're gonna have Shao Kahn. You're gonna have Goro back, Kintaro, maybe Mataro. You have all. Or, or does that set up for the third one? You know what I mean? Just because they're like the big bad. Yeah, they have Quan Chi. They have Shinnok. They have all these big, big bads. Meat uh, the flat the the fire guy. I can't remember his name right now. So you have a lot of options. You have like Smoke could come back and play a role because I don't think he was in the first movie. Johnny Cage obviously was missing from the first. I, I, I just find it funny that it's HBO Max's most successful film launch to date. <laughs> 
it's like, crazy, man. It's like things. these these video game tie-ins because who doesn't know Mortal Kombat? Like everybody. We all grew up with it, you're right. Everybody. And so like Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat, those are the movies I would expect to have so many casuals. It just proves yet again that the casual is the main target, is the bigger audience than the hardcore. They just, just need to, if they bring back Cole Young, they need to have a better story with him because, again, he, like he was the main, like one of the main guys of the the movie, and a lot of us, you know, we we all said, but like we didn't really connect with him. We all were there for you know Scorpion, you know Sub Zero, people like yeah. that. Yeah, but I'm cool. Okay, I'm sorry. Ah, that that they that's all they're gonna do. Like I don't know if they're gonna. I, I don't think they're going to bring everybody back, but I would like to see at least some zero. You know, I think I think there's room for like Ermac and like these random one-offs because it's going to be probably the tournament and you yeah. have to have people you can kill off. Yeah. So like, I really feel like that's going to be a thing. Like you'll see like maybe even like striker or something like that. Cause like I, they, I thought they really like, they really hit us with, I think just enough characters for the film to, to really enjoy, especially yeah. And it was enough old characters. There was some like newer characters for the new fans, like um, the girl who got like flew around and got buzzed her face off in like two seconds. And then, uh, God, the guy was at the pit and they didn't do the pit fatality for whatever reason. I can't think of his name either, but like they brought in some of that, like MK four and beyond when these people were in there. But like, we're looking for Jade and, but and it, Kitana. I don't think was. I in do hope right? Josh Lawson comes back as as as, as Kano. He was he, he was, was the best part. Maybe he was pleasantly, like you said, the the best part of the movie. And so, like him and Goro at the end of the first movie. It's in a year now. We can talk spoilers. They co- they come back. I mean, they were they were like zapped away from death. And so, like we know that they're going to be a part of that tournament arc. So that's a good thing to look forward to. Um, I'm psyched on that. But to your point, and I think the most important thing they have to do is make us care about Cole Young because where was Liu Kang? This, like, he, I was perfectly fine if they would have went in that direction again like they did with the originals. Liu Kang was just an empty thought in the first movie. And I thought Ludi Lin was fantastic as Liu Kang. I I, I thought as a, you know, to just remember the guy that I forget the actor who played the original, but like I I thought he set the bar and I thought he, he brought it. And so, like, I want, I want camp too. Like, the first one was cheese, but like, I want fucking Mortal Kombat arcade cabinets falling on some dude's head, like they had in the first, in the second game. I want animalities. I want friendships. I want all that fun stuff that we know and love about Mortal Kombat, but on a bigger scale. Because when you have a tournament arc, you have all this potential to make these fun kills and these like these normal like the different fatalities and things like that to like come to life on screen. Cause that's what we, we come for. We don't come for the story for this type of movie. We come for the action. We come for the gore and like the creativity and the kills and the fight scenes. That's just what yeah. it is. We got our story, man. We got Cole Young, scorpions, uh, descendant. We got the scorpion versus sub zero storyline. We don't need no more. We don't. So just give me this stuff. We're looking for in the second one, because you're almost, if you give me more Cole Young story, it's going to play itself out. And I'm going to be over it because he was a disappointment. And it's definitely going to be a fine line because especially if you're going to, if the whole team's coming or your journey there to the tournament of, you know, still trying to find his way. Like, I know it's going to be tough, but hopefully this, the new screenwriter, hopefully he nails Moon Knight and hopefully he does good for Mortal Kombat, the sequel. So Jeremy Slater, like we said, writing the Moon Knight series on Disney Plus. Um, and real quick, the Cole Young thing, no offense to the actor. I'm talking about the character. Um, Jeremy Slater wrote Moon Knight. We'll see in two months, actually like a month and a half now. When that comes to Disney Plus, how he'll do with that. But you showed me as hyped as I was because, like, oh my God, the Moon Knight Rider, which it's funny because we haven't even seen it on the screen. We just assume it's going to be good. 
you pointed out he has some duds under his belt too. So this this might not be the most perfect thing in the world. Yeah, it was the uh, Fantastic Four reboot. Yeah, and there was something else in there. Um, he wrote the umbra- he wrote some of the Umbrella Academy, I believe, like the pilot. Yeah, or, so or it's like, like he he redeemed himself a little bit with the Umbrella Academy, but to have that dud, it's like, oh man, that's you know, just to there know was, that's there. It's like, oh no, please. There was another dud too. As a matter of fact, it's you sent me a picture. And yeah, I, like, I forget the I have all it. the movies he had. I have it. It's right here. Um, what was it? As I'm going through the list here in front of me, it was. It was a show, maybe that you watched. Nah, it wasn't a show that I watched. It was a horrible show. Because I feel like you watch everything under the sun. I do, I do, I do. Where is it? Oh, wait. It's gone. Where is it, dude? Holy smokes. I'm sorry, I can't help you. No. Oh, wait, here it is. Uh, It was The Lazarus Effect, Fantastic Four, The Exorcist, which was uh, the TV series. Pet, Stephanie, The Umbrella Academy, Moon Knight, Coyote versus Acme, which is coming up to frickin' um, the animated Wiley movie. A Coyote yeah. movie. But yeah, The Exorcist was the other one I was thinking of, that that show. So he was the screenwriter for all that. He was the executive producer on The Exorcist, and Stephanie, The Umbrella Academy, he was EP. Moon Knight, he's EP. I so thought you saw of, like Stephanie or something like that. I didn't no. see it. Uh, but he's got a lot of creative control. But yeah, you're right. The biggest dud that stands out is that Fantastic Four reboot. And maybe that was just like. Every, like you, like you said, everyone has one dud and, and that was his. And I guess we just have to accept it. We were a terrible podcast, 268 episodes. Now we're just bad. We're not terrible. Yeah. We're just bad. We've gotten better. There's room for growth here. So I'm willing to give it a shot. Plus, let's see how Moon Knight is. And then we'll kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, I see. New, I watch Moon Knight no matter what. No yeah. matter what. So I, I think it's it's fine. Um, we already talked about kind of what we're looking for in this movie. Just we're not going for the story. We're going for the tournament and we're going for the creativity and yeah. the violence. Mission Impossible 7 has been delayed for almost a year. Actually, a year and a half from now. July 14th, 2023, which obviously also pushes back Mission Impossible 8. Yeah, and 8 is June 28th, 2024. For now. Yeah, I mean, you know, give or take, that could always go back. But it, to me, it's, it's just crazy. Tom Cruise is making this is going to be his seventh and eighth Mission Impossible movie. Wow. Outrageous. I mean, I, I love Ethan Hunt, but god damn. Yeah, maybe after eight, you could put him to bed. I feel like whenever movies do the year between releases, even though this is a COVID impact and things like that, yeah. whenever you do that year, it usually signifies the end of an era. Like the Harry Potter movies did a year. The Endgame and Infinity War did a year. And I feel like... When you do that, you're just like, all right, this is the last chapter. We're throwing it in now, and then we're going to kind of move in a different direction. So that's yeah. that's my thought. Tom Cruise does his own stunts. Man's, you know, he's not I mean, a get, chicken. I mean, I give him credit because after he's doing what, Mission 8, he's doing the space movie. They're, they're, they said that they're going to have this set done by like the end of or like the end or the beginning of 2024, I think it was. So then he's starting that movie. And like, is yeah, he going to the moon? Yeah, like he or he's going to be right in orbit, right in the ba- right in the the set that they built in space for Tom Cruise for this movie. I have just like to me that is is bananas. It's got to be a bigger deal than it is too. Like I don't, I haven't heard anything about that, and I feel like if that was and that's a thing, called the Untitled SpaceX Project. For I would imagine that's a code name. That's what it said. I'm just yeah. looking at his IMDb, and I like I remember watching seeing it on the, on the news. I think it was yesterday. And I was like. He's crazy. <laughs> God, he's going to space. Uh, speaking of somebody who went to space before in the movie Doom, uh, The Rock the has space mountain. 
<laughs> the rock has confirmed <laughs> that he is starring in an unannounced video game movie. My guess is call of duty because he said it's a badass game. He's been playing for years, but that's the obvious one. We might be able to get a little bit more creative here before we go into our top three. What was your reaction to the rock in another video game movie after what I thought, it's pretty rough couple of movies with those Jumanji flicks, which I think uh, well, I was, gonna, game I was just going to say his his two game movies. Like, well, Doom wasn't great. No, nah. uh, Jumanji's more of a board game, right? Yeah, they had, it was, they had a video like, game, but yeah. So to me, it was like that was it was kind of but like a little bit different. And then two was uh, Rampage, and that was garbage. Oh God, I'm going to be like, honest. You can't even. That's that's like to me that was a video game movie in name only rampage yeah. is four monsters climbing up buildings punching them and stealing yeah. people and whoever get the high score like that is a classic game that they bastardized to hell and you know what's funny is the the rock was a, was attached to to be in a, a arcade game it was a 1983 card game called um spy hunter yeah i, I and, remember that game well like and it was universal was supposed to do it 90 million dollar production and just kept getting delayed 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 new writer writer director and it just got pushed so i mean it, like it could be spy hunter i mean it's like a you know jason Bourne bond type of deal james bond type of deal so they maybe, maybe they um they technically made i believe they made a game out of the scorpion king so you know i know it's a little reverse engineering there but um from a, a badass game I've played for years, that Spy Hunter doesn't pop into my my brain so much. It's that's more of a top down like car thing that I can visualize on the big screen because it would be more of like a Mission Impossible style, yeah. um, James Bond style movie. But let's get into our top three. Like, what video game movies would you want to see The Rock in? I went pretty out there with mine. I'm excited to hear yours. I mean, I I don't know if I went out there. I just kind of thought maybe more realistic is something that. The Rock could pull off. Like, I'm not just going to say he's, you know, the next, you know, James Bond. But my number three, I went with Sagat from Street Fighter. Hmm. You know, a new Street ass, Fighter movie. Nice. Tough ass boss, you know, video game. You know, I feel like it's overdue for Street Fighter. I know Sagat's a, a big ass dude. The Rock is, is humongous. I, I think he'd be there. Just have to work on his little martial arts and we'd be fine. That's actually a really good one. And he kind of fits the bill from the bald exactly. head. Exactly. Kind of like looks like Sagat that's, a little bit. That's like where I I went. I was like, okay, bald head. And I worked from there. Street and Fighter needs a, a new movie. Well, maybe it doesn't. That other movie from the 90s is wildly terrible with, with Van Damme. It needs a refresh and who's better to do that than the rock. I went pretty obvious on my first one. Um, I just wanted to get it out of the way because it makes too much sense and it would be too much fun to have the rock, especially if Batista was in it too. give me a gears of war movie with the Mm. rock in it. Um, And Batista had expressed interest in doing it. Can you imagine the two of them on screen together? Dude, here's my money as the cog and like, even like the new day did their gears of war cameo and they put them in the game and stuff. Like there's a lot of ties to that, but like a gears of war, good old bloody fashion movie with chainsaw guns and locusts and all the good stuff. I think the rock would do really well. Oh my God. If, I mean, it, Doom, Batista, Doom, it, Doom, it didn't work, but you know, I think him and Batista could well work well with each other. Yeah. My number two, uh, I don't think you're going to like it, but how about Kratos? The Rock is Kratos. All he has to do is grow out his beard. Obviously, he's got the build. He, he's husky enough to do it. He already plays. He already played Hercules before, so he he already played a demigod. So move over. He play played Kratos. Maui. Kratos. He played Maui and Moana. He's played a demigod twice. 
Yeah, so he, he can third time's a charm, and I I think he could be a an, an interesting Kratos. You know, he, he's the the money, the draw. Kratos is one of the biggest games Sony has, and why not? It'd be funny if he's like Kratos on the screen, just going, "You're welcome." Yo, imagine him, <laughs> Yo, I, I'm down. Uh, I don't hate it. No, especially because he'd be painted silver. Uh, that would just be fun. It would no. be you know, the white and a little bit of red. He'd be good to go, man. I'm I, telling you. I don't think that's a bad call. No, I think that's perfectly fine. If if you're going to get somebody, if you can't get, was it uh, James Craig or Craig, whatever it is, Craig Duncan or whatever, whoever plays the actual voice of him, the large American man, The Rock is a good choice for that. I'm, I'd be good with that. I thought you were going to go something wacky there, and I was like, no, nah, Kratos makes sense. Uh, my number two is a an Xbox exclusive that is only popular in the world today because it came with a free demo and beta for Halo 3. So the only reason people bought this game was to just play Halo 3. But it turned out to be my favorite Xbox 360 game of all time besides Bioshock. And that is Crackdown. Um, uh, it sounds it, familiar. Crackdown 3 came out while we've had this podcast. It came out on Xbox One as an exclusive. One of the first Game Pass games to be first party to go into that service. But you're a super cop who can jump from like building to building and you got these badass guns and grenades and you got to take down these gangs uh, like Los Muertos and all this stuff. And you do it in this big city where you collect these agility orbs. So you start off as a scrawny cop. And as you collect these agility orbs, you get buffer and buffer and can jump higher and run faster and all this craziness. And it's, and you can go do it in any order you want. You can go to any part of the city at any time. And it was just this wild experience that 2006 Greg beat, 25 times like i had to beat that game like unbelievably like bill and chubbs would come over my house constantly and we would just take turns beating the shit out of that game it was so much fun and to see the rock as like this super cop who can jump across buildings and shoot like from this it would just be wild and anybody who remembers crackdown would know that it would probably translate well to the big screen and as a main character the rock could probably handle that load okay i'm down for that i can see that all right, my number one, my, my favorite pick, and honestly, like the way I'm, I'm thinking, like he's the only one I could do it. He's got to be Axel from Twisted Metal. That's it. it it's got to be The Rock holding two giant tires. I mean, he, he, he was introduced in Twisted Metal 2, and he was uh, trapped there by Calypso. So, you know, I could definitely see The Rock blowing shit up, running people over as Axel. No, that's great. That's great one. Um, it'll never happen but that would be plus the middle is going to be a tv series so i don't think they're going to we're going to see a movie anytime could you imagine ever. if he said it's me i'm on twisted metal <laughs> and i've been cool. playing twisted metal for years because you cool. know twisted metal 2 was 95 so you know yeah. it's been around for years you're talking 20 plus my number one for the rock would be replacing chris pratt as the voice of mario uh no i'm kidding um my number one is also axel which is insane to me when you said Axel, my heart stopped. <laughs> but my Axel is Axel from Streets of Rage. Nice. Uh, okay. I I would first okay. and foremost love a Streets of Rage movie. What are the odds both of us, the names were Axel of the game? That's hilarious. Um, yeah. I would probably think more Max, to be honest, the wrestler um, from Streets of Rage 2. That's probably who I would put in the role, or at least maybe like a new character, or Adam Hunter actually probably makes the most sense. Um, Axel's a fat white guy now, so I'm, I don't think that's going to work. But 
Uh, definitely not blaze. Maybe skate. I like skate. Skate's cool. Rock on rollerblades. I think that could work. But oh, I want a Streets of Rage movie like really bad. You want to talk about that shitty, horrible Double Dragon movie from the 90s? That's a guilty pleasure for me. I love that movie as bad as it is. You want to update that and give us this story of Mr. X and stealing this and killing this, the crime boss, and these four guys going through the streets into the baseball field, into the underground, on the elevator, and just kicking ass and taking names. Obviously, we really thought The Rock would do well in action roles. We look at somebody like John Cena, who has really done well pairing action and comedy. You look at Blockers, you look at Peacemaker, you look at all the things he's done. The Rock tried that. It didn't go over so well from a comedic standpoint. Like Tooth Fairy wasn't the greatest. Not terrible. Uh not terrible. I, thought, I thought Tooth Fairy had its moments, but had I agree. Moments. It was outrageous. It was a little bit outrageous is a good word for it. But you give me Streets of Rage. I think all of our picks have merit, make sense, can see the rock in them. I don't think they're very far-fetched now that we've said them out loud. I like our lists. I really yeah, do. That, that's solid. Like, I, we got six different things that it could work. Let's go into TV now, and I want to talk about Ozark Season 4 Part 1. And Feel free to correct me. Feel free to hate it because, again, I'm halfway through. I'm not where you're at. So I haven't seen the finale yet. I now, from what you said, have a an idea of who dies, and I would probably put money on that I'm right, and I'll be pissed yeah, about I, it. I nailed it, you know, so I was pretty happy. Again, if you pay attention, it's I, I think you're, I know, you're I know for a fact it's not two characters, though, because of YouTube thumbnail spoilers, unfortunately. So I know at least the two characters are safe. I'd figure they would be anyway, but um, – what do I think about this series and this season particularly is I like it. I, I think it's closer to season one and two than three for me. Um, it, it isn't my favorite and it's, I, I got to finish it. I got to finish part two to kind of get the whole perspective of it. For, but three and a half, there's a reason I'm only three and a half in. There's a reason that a week later we're not done. You think this is a show we'd be done night two and be ready to rock and roll it's we've had some nights but like instead of watching ozark last night you know what we did we got baby clothes together to donate this morning and when my wife took him to donate him so like we wanted to do something else besides watch ozark oh, yeah, that's just a positive move uh, there's nothing wrong with that they gave us 35 whole dollars for 100 pieces of clothing so like it's the fye of fucking clothing trade-ins it's this the worst ever tough. Hey, what are you gonna do it's baby clothes we're just gonna get rid of it um i'll take the 35 so with that being said, here is what, and this isn't a spoiler if you've watched the first three seasons, is it's no secret that I hate, hate Ben. I hate him, and I still do, because I can't stand, and this is my biggest down about Uncharted 4, and even the movie to some extent, is I hate it when relatives- you know Sam? Huh? Yeah, I know. Right? Do you know my brother's Sam? His name is Sam? 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 Sam Drake? Uh- I hate it when mysterious brothers and sisters just show up out of nowhere. And especially when they've never been fucking mentioned before. If Ben was hinted at, you saw a picture of him, his name was said anywhere in the first two seasons, I'd have been like, okay, they're finally bringing him in as, oh, as opposed to, okay, they're bringing him in because they need help and they need a catalyst for this season and this, that, and the other. But the way Ruth acts, you'd think they would have been dating for 10 years. The way Jonah is just distraught. I understand the way it went down, but like, when's the last time you saw him? You're 14 years old. You didn't have that much of a relationship with him. The way his legacy is carried on through the season, like when he 
when his plot line reached a finale in season three, I was like, fine, good. Never have to talk about him again. We're good to go. But now you're building memorials with ashes and like, wh- why are we still celebrating this? Can we move the fuck on from Ben? Oh, I mean, a- it, 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 it was definitely, you know, being on spite on the reason why it was even there in a purpose. I, I guess I hear where you're coming from again. But at least like we said, Uncharted 4 did the same thing with the brother Sam just brought him on for nothing. Just and that's why Uncharted 4 will never be my favorite Uncharted game. It will always have that thing of Sam Drake and stigma yeah. was made for this game. And that bothers me. There was never a Sam Drake before. And so, like, there was never supposed to be a Ben. I don't know. He's not Bird, whatever Wendy's made me. But it was Ben. And Ben annoys me. And now that Ben's legacy is just like this big thing. And everybody loved Ben. And Ruth is so broken up about Ben. You dated him for like three weeks. Like, I don't want to hear how in love you were with Ben. And it's just so annoying that he is such a big part of four, but he's not even around. And so that's dis- disheartening. And I thought, and again, this is me saying I have not seen it all. But for the first three and a half, I thought the kids well, Jonah has a role, but I thought Charlotte would finally have a bigger role. But no, all she has been is this catalyst for this other teenage girl so far that I'm like, okay, great. She got to say a big thing. Very cool. But like, what what's her purpose and what's her point? And Ozark has never been, ever been good with the kids. And there was a point in the show where the kids had an opportunity to be written off the show. And I really wish they would have pulled that trigger because Marty and Wendy are the people you go to see. And Ruth and um, what's his name? Darlene and the cousin. I can't remember his name. Um, Ruth's cousin who's Wyatt. dating Darlene. Thank you. Wyatt. And like those are the characters you want to see, not fucking Jonah and Charlotte. They they come into their own. They definitely were the the, the short, you know, the short side of the stick on the on the first couple seasons. But again, some some of you may hate a little bit more, some of you may like surprise you. Yeah, and Jonah's getting there. Like obviously the things he's doing early on in the season really piss you off. And like you start to root for Wendy a little bit with the way that things start to go down and and all that, but like you said it really well. He's the smartest dumbass I've ever seen. And <laughs> like the smartest this smartest idiot in the room. And it's just it's a little frustrating there. Now, when it comes to uh Javi, again, similar. Like he's a relative written into the Navarro family, which never existed, and boom, there you go. At least, at least Lalo was mentioned in Breaking Bad. So when he comes sure. into Better Call Saul out of nowhere. And he's only mentioned once. Well, that was, that's, that's just the difference in the writing. That's Breaking Bad. It's another caliber. Right. You're not wrong. But Ozark, I thought everybody could, they put these two shows together. A lot of people compare Ozark to Breaking Bad. I think that that comparison has since fallen off. And Breaking Bad has clearly shown it stands the test of time. We'll see where Ozark goes. But like with this guy, as good as he is, I'm like, man, Omar could just get him fucking assassinated whenever he wants. Because he's got nothing. He's got no connections. But he's doing his, all this. It's, it's his nephew, so. But his know. nephew's trying to kill his ass. <laughs> like, I'm, are you I'm kidding sure. me? So, so I, and Navarro is growing on me a little bit. I like him. He's like, he reminds me of one of the characters in Weeds who like kind of befriends Nancy a little bit when she goes to Mexico. It's it's a good little dynamic. I like him. Um, but I do, I do like the show. I just hope that it picks up a little bit because there's a reason we even stopped halfway through three is because we were falling asleep and we never do that for Ozark, even season three. So I will say it's, it's to me, it's probably closer to season one and two, probably two. I'll probably, it'll probably go down in the pantheon of season one, then two, then four, then three for me. Um, but we'll see. I mean, four's got 10 and a half, nine and a half episodes still for me to go before I can even think about placing it. We'll see where this show goes when it's all said 
and done. I just hope, I just hope that they don't continue to waste the kids that, uh, they, they mentioned something with Darlene in one of the first episodes of the season where she says one sentence subtly. And as soon as she said it, I said, Ashley X, Y, and Z is going to happen to Darlene. I hope they pay that off. Um, because the Snells are such a dynamic character. And when you lose half of them, I think it was Jacob was his name. When you lose the half the Snells, you're like, God damn it. They were the fucking best from an antagonist standpoint. I thought the Snells were just perfect. And so now it's just Darlene, who's a crazy, crazy ass woman. Um, no, who knows what, what's going to go on there. So I'm excited to see that the fucking, the cook drug guy was like, oh, they're trying so much. Somebody, this isn't a nitpick, it's just a funny observation. Somebody said, I never once realized how small that boat casino is from the outside. And then you get the shots on the inside. You're like, holy shit, this is the biggest place on earth. Like that is clearly a set and not actually on the boat, which is just really funny. That, that, I was going to say that, that they're, they're walking these big giant hallways, giant staircase. Yeah, this is kind of funny. It is funny. And like the boat's small yeah. <laughs> and the, the casino is always, the casino is always empty. Like they never fill it up. And I'm like, that is COVID. You do not want too many extras for no yeah. reason. And that is definitely a COVID thing. I'll look past that. Yeah. No problem. So again, flawed, but, but very well done. I'm very happy overall with it. I am very intrigued as to where it goes. I just hope that they eventually forget about Ben, pay something off with Darlene and stop wasting the kids because they deserve to be a part of this show because they've kept them around and it's about time to pay them off from your subtle hints. I have a feeling that I'm going to be rewarded. So now I'm more excited to continue based off what you're telling me. So there's that, except I kind of figure out who dies and that'll piss me off because uh, you know, now I'm going through it. Like when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? We'll see what that looks like. But if you haven't seen Ozark totally worth the watch, obviously, um, is there anything else that I missed that you want to add or anything that you thought of since your kind of pick of the week there that you wanted to touch on? I think we absolutely nailed it. Um, I'll just say an old character comes back from. Uh, oh, man, don't even. I'm good. You know. I'm good. Don't even. And I I, you even might have even already seen him, but like I. I, I oh, I it's like a guy him. too. Now you're just spoiling everything for me. Thank you. You're fine. It was great. I can't yeah. wait. I'm it, trying it, to... It's nothing like jaw dropping, but you're like, oh, okay, this, this, this poor bastard. I'm trying to sit here and have you say something so I can eat my little Nutri-Grain little bar. Well, my little it's, it's, just, bar it's just a bad time to be eating a Nutri-Grain bar at 8, 12. Yeah. I'm so hungry, brother. I haven't eaten dinner, and I am hungry. I haven't eaten since lunch, and it was two mozzarella sticks. I have not had a good day. Uh, Deadline yeah. is reporting that James Gunn will, in fact, do another Suicide Squad spinoff, which was reported a couple weeks ago, but it's also looking very good per James Gunn, that Peacemaker will get a season two. So nothing official, but it's looking like that, especially after I'm, how good the show's been. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't surprise me that they're looking into a, a second season just because season one is, I, I have really, I mean, I heard a, saw a couple of people say that it, it's too goofy or, it, it, you know, whatever. Like, I guess I get that, you know, if, if you don't get it or you don't want it, whatever. But I thought they're five for five. Um, five is probably my favorite. And I think there's two left. I think three. there's seven, three, there's eight. there's eight. So there's three left. And I don't, I, I think the cast is great. So um, a spinoff for another character. You think it's going to be Nathan Fillion's character or. I think it'll be rat queen, rat, whatever. Rat it was either that or rat catcher, right? So it's yeah. gotta be. It'll be rat catcher. They want to, they want to do the male, the female, they want to they kind of cover all those bases. I would, I'd be curious, Sam, at the people that you said 
think this show's a little wacky, I'd be curious to for you to ask them, hey, what'd you think of the Guardians movies? And I bet you they'll say, they're so good and everything's perfect with them. It's the same fucking guy. And he's got I, the Marvel I was restraints say what on. They said they didn't like it. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, okay, then, then they just don't you. like James Gunn. Right, right. There you go. Then that's a stylistic thing because this this is James Gunn with the shackles of Disney and Marvel off. This yeah. is DC and Warner Brothers saying to James Gunn, "Do whatever the fuck you want." He wrote the whole thing. He directed the whole thing. This is everything he wanted. And somebody put on Twitter. I thought it was the funniest joke I saw today on Twitter. Was HBO should charge you extra if you ever hit the skip intro button on this show. You should be forced to watch it every time. And I couldn't agree more. It is such a good intro. I still watch it. I am caught up. I've watched all five. I would agree that five is probably my favorite right there with the pilot. The pilot was so good. Yeah. But five is like right there, especially the way it ends. Perfect ending. Exactly what I was hoping for. Psyched on that and very excited for the final three episodes of Peacemaker. I mean, like my two favorite shows of the year so far, it's it's only January, but it's Peacemaker and as we see it. So like these are. I'm really, really psyched on where TV is already. It's already shaping up so strong that it it makes sense for Peacemaker to get a season two. Some of the jokes don't hit, and that's obvious. They tell so many of them. That's the thing I think where people are trying to get at. Like they try maybe a little too hard at times. I will. I had a. I literally had a laugh out loud episode five moment, which was awesome. Me, me too. And (laughs) like. John Cena is perfect for this role, by the way. And it's nice to hear him uncensored. It's nice to hear him not with a WWE mic in his hand. We can actually kind of go nuts a little bit. And like, it's almost kind of surreal when you hear a guy like John Cena say the word fuck. It's kind of funny just because you're hearing this kid friendly, every kid to him and he's saying and doing the craziest shit. And it's just, it's wild. And I hope that that's kind of a, a launching point for him and he was like that in blockers too let's not forget it. he was very raunchy in blockers which is still yeah. one of my favorite comedies of the last two decades but anyway if it's if we're gonna get a peacemaker season two sign me all the way up yeah hell yeah the the halo series on paramount plus will be getting its debut trailer this sunday so we don't have anything to talk about yet but during the nfc or afc championship game i'm sure whichever one's on cbs that's all owned by viacom and cbs and all that um, they'll probably show the trailer at halftime or after the first quarter or something. And, uh, we're all going to have words. So next week, when I give some impressions on something else, we get to talk about this trailer and you said it, it can't be any worse than the teaser. Master chief looks great, but now I need to know what is going to happen in this show. Yeah. Like, let me see what some special effects look like. Show me something. Don't give me no little 10 second tidbit. Let me hear what he sounds like. That's going to be the challenge for me because is it because I don't think Steve Downs is doing the voice of Master Chief. I hope he is. That would be awesome. But like, how are they going to fill that? Because he's not going to be a silent protagonist. Spartan 117 is going to have words and they better be close to or done by Steve Downs. This show I'm very much looking forward to the special effects on the suit. Like I said, they look amazing video game realistic. But are we getting Flood? Are we getting Covenant? Are we getting Banished? Where are we going to go? We're not going to hit the, the games. They already said it's going to be different. So where are we going to go from there? Because Halo has one of the most complex, asinine, backwards, tough-to-follow stories in gaming. So I'm hoping that they make it a little bit more simplistic for us. You know, because who wants to sit there and figure all this shit out? Well, I hope because I don't know nothing about the story. So You don't really want to. You're not missing out on anything. Just like... The halo is a planet. The planet's going to get taken over and you stop it at the very base level. Um, you're trying to save the, the universe. And I love that. 
and I'm excited to see this trailer. Just give me the voice, give me the effects, and let me know just a little bit of who he's going to be fighting. I'd love to see a covenant, like an, a, a, a grunt or uh, even like, um, oh my God, I can't remember what they're called. Um, the Like what the Arbiter was. I can't remember what the Arbiter's race was called, but I definitely want to see how they're going to handle the aliens because obviously special effects and CGI are going to be key there. And I'm just hoping that they give this show the proper budget and attention that it deserves from a special effects standpoint. Yeah. Per the Hollywood reporter, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead or Winstead has joined the cast of Ahsoka on Disney plus great news. Former Scott Pilgrim, black Canary in birds of prey, fantastic actress, 10 Cloverfield lane. This to me is yet another home run for this series. As we obviously know, Rosaria Dawson will be reprising her role. Yeah. We already, like you just said, we both love her in those movies. Um, I know we both can't wait to, I thought Rosaria Dawson was fantastic in that. And whoever the hell, uh, Mary Elizabeth decides to play. I'm sure it'll be good, and I cannot wait. And I'll take it over in gaming. And we know we got to start with the big one, the the one that Greg cannot wait. Hopefully, it doesn't get delayed. Hopefully, the snow doesn't come sooner and it gets delayed, and he doesn't get it at all. But let's talk. Pokemon Legends Arcus is out now. Uh yeah. So we don't have an IGN review this week. I could read Game Spots. I could read Nintendo Life's and give you the synopsis that way. But it's getting nines pretty much everywhere. Um, it'll have a Metacritic score, I'm sure, in the eighties, and it's getting very, very high praise. I don't know why IGN didn't drop one. That's okay. That's just the source we use for reviews. So I didn't really want to break tradition on that. Um, just know that. Yeah, by this time next week, I'm going to have spoiler-free impressions. I hope to have probably 15 to 20 hours in it <laughs> by next Thursday. That's my goal is to play like five hours a night. Um, just stay up until I fall asleep, basically. After the kids go to bed, I'm basically telling Ash every night, like, it ain't happening. So <laughs> definitely definitely looking forward to that. Um, I mean, this is a game I've been waiting for for almost a year. And that's only because it was announced less than a year ago. If they announced it two years ago, I'd have been fucking psyched for two years. I cannot wait. The overall consensus is this is a refreshing take on Pokemon and a much needed one. And it's easier to get shiny Pokemon. And like, it's not about battling. Like, don't go into this thinking you have to craft this master team. You are trying to build a Pokedex and there are multiple ways to do it. And I think where Nintendo and Pokemon missed the mark on this marketing was every trailer. They showed us the same shit. How many times am I going to see Cleavor? How many times are going to see you run into the same village? How many times are going to see this, that, and the other? What we didn't even see was the battle where you could take your party of six. You could have a, let's call it like a scyther. Let's call it like a herd of scythers, right? There's like three or four scythers and like a big ass scissor in the middle kind of watching the herd. Let's just say that. And you go up to them. You can take your battle, throw out a ball, battle the one scyther. At the same time while that's happening, go battle another scyther. Do two battles at once. And oh, by the way, take your third Pokemon and there's some iron over there to, to, to harvest. Let me go throw out a Pokemon to do that. And oh, there's some berries in the tree. Let me go do that. And oh, by the way, that scyther fainted. So let me go pick up what I need to pick up and I'm going to go catch this one all at the same time without a cutscene. Seamless. And like when I saw that... I hope it looks seamless. It does. I saw it. I mean, I watched this happen. So like... It was with Parasect. Who who likes Parasect? Nobody. So I figured I'd go Scyther. When I saw this, I was like, this is the shit that should have been marketed. Why wouldn't you show us this amazing 
new way of doing things where you can do all this at once without a cutscene, without a loading screen, where you literally can do multiple things and just figure out. Oh God. So from that perspective, I'm very excited to see, to play it, to finally get it in my hands. To your point, it did ship. I checked Amazon. It's on our IG story right now. It shipped. It'll be here by 10 o'clock tomorrow. If it does get delayed, you know I'm just going to buy it digitally. Uh, I want, I'm going to play this game tomorrow night. It's going to happen on Friday night. I hope I get snowed in. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be the worst, except it is my wife's birthday party Saturday, so I hope it doesn't for that. But like, if it does get delayed, I'm going to buy it digitally, and then I'm just going to have to deal with having a physical copy and a digital copy. Yeah, I'm just going to say, then the money that you would have spent there, you spent it a Pokemon game. It's genius. And I'm just going to keep the one sealed i'll keep the physical copy yeah. sealed yeah. and there you go and one day it'll be a water a weekly water for me in 10 years <laughs> who knows but my impressions will be next week so 269 be on the lookout for the halo impressions from you and i and my spoiler free impressions of pokemon legends arceus elden ring's main story will be approximately 30 hours long uh, which is a beefy good game i'm excited like it's not 60 it's not 100 but it's not it's a, it's, a, it's it's a nice chunk. Yeah, the game has gone gold, so we now know that it is coming. It'll make its it'll most likely make its street date 99% of late February, I think like the 25th or something. Maybe it's even the 8th. I can't I can't keep things together for February. It's a very busy month for gaming, but what the cool thing is is uh they were very very open to you can then spend 200 hours in this game afterwards doing all the stuff. So the story takes 30, but the game could take 200. Jesus, God. Similar to Dying Light 2. They came out and said, like, our story's 25 hours long, but you could spend 500 in this game. And it's like, all right, fuckers. Like, that's, that's, too, that's too much. That's overwhelming. Why would you yeah, tell me that? Now my anxiety is high for a game I'm not even going to buy. <laughs> that's how I am. I get nuts. <laughs> EA confirms that Respawn is currently developing three new Star Wars games. Yeah, Respawn made Jedi Fallen Order. Some people love it. Some people like it. Some people despise it. But whether you like it or not, that company will be kind of the place to go for EA Star Wars games. There will be other places. EA lost their exclusivity to make Star Wars games, I think, a year ago. So you might see, like, the Nintendo Switch had Star Wars Bounty Hunters or whatever it was. So, like, there's that. So, like, Star Wars games can be made by other people now. So expect Ubi maybe to get in there. Maybe whatever. Uh, KOTOR, the, the Knights of the Old Republic remake is a Sony thing. So I is think that that's going to be like... Do you think this will be a game every year, every two years? Yeah. I, and by the way, I think that KOTOR is multi-plat, maybe a timed exclusive on Sony. But from Respawn's perspective, they're making uh, the next Jedi Fallen Order game, which I think will launch this year, probably late this year, maybe early next at the latest. And then they have a first-person shooter, which I don't think will be Battlefront 3. Um, I think it'll be brand new, maybe even a single-player experience. That would be sweet. And then they have a strategy title. I think you're probably looking at 22, 24, 25. Um, I think you're probably going late 22 Jedi, 24 for the strategy, and then the FPS taking the longest and that Assuming hitting. Assuming no delays in and 25. all that good stuff. Right, exactly. In a perfect world. And, I, and part of me is even like kind of, kind of, if you give me a 2025 release date that's over, that's three years, kind of like. I mean, 22, 46, it kind of makes sense. You know, I'm just at a point where, yeah, maybe not every year. There might be a year between somewhere, but these games are going to hit all this generation. And Jedi Fallen Order 2 is going to be a big deal. 
And that first person shooter's got a chance to be a big deal. I hope they don't fuck it up like they did with Squadron. Squadron should have been a bigger deal than it is. That's a fun, cool six hour game that deserves more attention because it is a first person piloting game through the galaxy. Like the visuals alone are just baller, but like the story just kind of fell flat. So they need to beef that up a little bit. And please, please, no Skywalker stuff. Please, we're done. Let's move on, please. Yeah, they definitely need to move on to the next chapter. According to Bloomberg, Call of Duty won't be exclusive to Xbox until at least 2024. Yeah, Jason Schreier from Bloomberg, obviously one of the most, if not the most reputable games journalist on the planet, has reported that the next three Call of Duty games will be coming to PlayStation. So Call of Duty 2022, Call of Duty 2023, and Warzone 2, which is a big story on its own because that's not announced yet. Uh, basically he did a story within a story and he said that game is coming in 2023. So all of those being multi-plat, a lot of people thought Warzone was going to stay multi-plat anyway. So that makes sense. Call of Duty 2022 makes sense because the deal isn't official until next year anyway. So that obviously makes sense. 2023, the call of duty, that's kind of like, okay, you're, you're kind of but you're also only five, six months after the deal is going to go through. So is that even enough time to make that call to make it multi-plat? Because the game's already going to have been in development for three years. Are you really going to say, no, scrap the PlayStation version? Yeah, that, that doesn't make sense either. I think all the games that Call of Duty makes that start development once the acquisition goes through will be exclusive because there's no point in wiping away a PlayStation version that's going to make you so much money. And Colin Moriarty put it really well that I didn't even think of as to why it's advantageous for Microsoft to keep these games multi-plat. And I told you myself, it's going to come down to the calculator. It's going to come down to, does it make sense to make 100% of the revenue on less copies sold or 70% of the revenue on more copies sold? And which one makes more sense? And so... I thought about that, but he put it in even like easier language. He said, give me two buckets, put three, three in one bucket and seven in another bucket a hundred times. And then look at how much you actually have in that bucket of seven. It's like kind of nuts to think about how much a 70% share is because that's what we've uncovered is that Sony will make 30% approximately off of every sale. So like, even if you're Microsoft, you're still making 70% profit as opposed to 100. That to me says it's probably worth, and that's under the current contract, but probably worth it to keep it multi-platform for them, at least Call of Duty, because that's, again, the number one and the number three selling game on PlayStation. That's a big hit if you take that away. I mean, it's a lot so, of money. So PlayStation should be worried from 2024 on? Um. Yeah, I think that every Call of Duty game cr- that starts development, so maybe 25, okay. starts development once this deal goes through will be Xbox exclusive. At least at least Game Pass exclusive. Wherever Game Pass is available, whatever that looks like, who the hell knows where we're going to be By at then. three years from now. This is impossible wow. to tell. The Steam Deck got a new release date of February 25th. Yeah, we knew it got delayed in this handheld PC. We can play God of War fucking handheld. Finally has a new release date, February 25th. I did not get my hands on one. I don't have an urge to get my hands on one. I don't have a Steam library. Um, and I like playing my PlayStation games on my TV. So I'm going to stick with that. But 
really cool for all those folks that are can't wait for that experience. And I'm definitely excited to see people playing with it. Yeah, February 25th, if you want your Steam Deck. Try to get a pre-order. I don't think they're available anymore, but those shits are going to go for a thousand bucks on that open market if you let them. So that's that's going to be tough. Yacht Club Games is having a presentation on G4's channel February 1st. Yacht Club Games makes Shovel Knight. You might say, like, why is this in the show? They themselves said they have a megaton announcement planned for this presentation, or else I wouldn't care. It's got to be Shovel Knight 2. It's got to be. It is. It's got to be. This. It's been seven or eight years. It's had four expansions, DLCs with all these other knights in there. Uh, King Knight, Spectre Knight. Like, it's time to give us Shovel Knight 2. I don't know what else they could do. They have a match three. They have a card game. They have a fighting game with Shovel Knight. We have everything under the sun but a sports game and a sequel. Can we finally get the sequel? I think we will. G4, the relaunch of G4, already has about 500,000 subscribers on YouTube. They're doing it during X-Play. I truly think we're about to get the announcement on February 1st. So by next episode of Shovel Knight 2. It'll suck if I'm wrong, but that's my guess. And the last story we have in gaming, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl is getting a big update on February 3rd. And they didn't say it was a new character. They specifically said it was a big update. But what they did was on the character select screen, which was the screenshot they showed us, they gave us the both the turtles that are in the game, they gave us April, and then they left a fourth spot open with a question mark. So you know a character is going to be a part of it, and you just know it's going to be Shredder. You just... Mm know it so i would bet my house that on february 3rd shredder will be announced but they didn't just stop there they could have just said our next character but they didn't they said a big update so my guess is also they finally finished voice acting for these characters to make them less lifeless they finally Mm -hmm. added some fucking voices they added some maybe some dialogue they're definitely going to bring in some new items and i'm thinking probably two to three new stages i'm thinking this is their chance because this game was you could pl- just tell by looking at it. It was rushed out. It wasn't ready to go, but they really wanted to get it out there to capitalize on the Smash Bros. ending hype. That's Sora. This is the last announcement. Now what are we going to do thing? And they did that. They capitalized as best they could. But it didn't have as many characters. And we know we're getting Garfield. Now I think we're going to be getting Shredder. I think we'll probably get three stages, voice acting. And that to me says, okay, now it feels like it's coming together. 40 bucks, probably still not good enough. We'll wait till it's 20 or 30 on sale and this big update comes out. Now we're talking that this might actually finally be a really viable fighter. Right now it's a four or five out of 10 fighter gets to that six, seven range. Now we're talking about something that won't take smash players away, but can finally start to steal that spotlight a little bit. Uh, and then lastly in music, before we hit our weekly WADA and go home, the, when we were young festival that we talked about last week with the bands that is like basically a wet dream for emo kids, uh, they've added a second date, then they added a third date, and I think they're probably going to add a fourth when this third one sells out, but that's neither here nor there uh, for now. This will be the last time this festival is spoken about on this podcast, and here's why. I personally think, and I put it out on Twitter, and somebody that I don't even know was nice enough to reply with a screenshot confirming, at least seemingly confirming my suspicions. I wrote, my conspiracy theory have an ass is that I'm convinced that when the uh, that the When We Were Young Festival was always meant to be three or four dates, and they only build it as one 
to drum up hype, to get people to say, I want to go so bad, capitalize on the FOMO and sell out. And then say, oh, by the way, we've got a second date. And then that one sells out. And oh, by the way, here's a third date. And that one's going to sell out. I think they knew this from the start because there are like a hundred bands. There is no way that every single member of every single one of these bands is magically just free the following weekend. They had to have known about this and it had to have been pre-planned. You will not convince me otherwise that this is a dick move on their part to capitalize on fucking FOMO. Yeah. I'm convinced. Like, yeah, because usually when they do like festivals three days, like they'll give you a package deal. So now it's like the people that paid for the one day, second day. So oh, I only get that one day. So it's like you're almost committed to try to get that second day ticket, the third day. And you're right, that's how they get you. So this this girl Ash Ash Baby three seventeen on Twitter, a real person. Um, she uh, has a real profile picture and everything. Sent me a screenshot of a group message that you know the black veil brides yeah i know the band yeah so they tweeted Andy, Andy berserker or whatever they berserker. tweeted out a dm to their fans and when the day three was announced and they said in a private dm so this is not like it was not out there on their public twitter they said day three of when we were young just added tickets on sale january 31st yes it's real yes we'll be playing all three days yes we knew about this since last year Oh, damn. You're not going to tell me. Yeah, there's some man- manipulation there. That when we were young, didn't absolutely know. And I would bet my bottom dollar that they're going to announce the fourth day because the third one is the following weekend, the 29th, I think, of October. Well, guess what? If you have Saturday the 29th booked, you might as well just do a fourth on the 30th because you're still going to get a boatload of people. And that keeps you in Vegas for that second weekend. And I'm telling you, they did this on purpose. And they only gave out a one-day thing to drum up so much hype. And it worked because this shit sold out in seconds. And like the VIP $1,000 packages were the, the only thing left. And like yeah, the hotels, all that kind of good stuff. And like all, it worked like a charm. But you're never, ever going to convince me that you added the second show because of the wild popularity of the first one. No, you had to convince 100 bands to make it worth it. And you said, all right, we will sell out four times 100,000 people we will sell out and you guys will make hand over fist cash and it'll be worth your time and like it's so annoying that the two weekends aren't instead of t- four shows just two why you wouldn't split this yeah. day one day two blows yeah. my mind just Agreed. blows my mind nobody goes to vegas for one day nobody so like everybody's staying for the weekend. You might as well have done a two thing. Let get my chemical on one night, Paramore on the next. That's but, what I figured was happening. Nah, they're doing it all one day, four times. And it's like, what are you going to do when you miss the band? Like I know Warp Tour was just as chaotic, but Warp Tour had so many stages and not, first of all, not as many giant bands. Like there were so many of like those mid tier bands that you found out red, gold, green and all that. And they had the time slots pre-done so you could plan your day. This is 11 a.m. to midnight, and you're just going to go, and you're going to figure it out. And you're going to miss so many bands you want to see. So I'm, I'm totally out on this festival. I think it's bullshit. I think, it was, I think it's very sneakily marketed and conceived that, again, my conspiracy theory, they knew the whole time that they were just going to drum up hype and intentionally hide the fact that they knew it was going to be multiple days. And the Black Veil Brides DM pretty much confirmed that for me. Um, by the way, she said, LOL, you're right. They knew about it since the beginning and then sent me the screenshot. So thanks to Ash underscore baby 317 on Twitter, her and her five followers. Um, appreciate you. But 
There's that, Sam. Take us home with your weekly WADA. And I'm going to end it with a 2002 Game Boy Advance game, Yu-Gi-Oh! The Sacred Cards. Made in Japan. It's got an E rating. I got a 9.2 with an A++ seal rating. Um, I'm very grateful for this A++ seal rating because I sent in over 50 games, and I think this is only the second second game I got A++. I either got two or three out of 50 games, and I was like, God damn, I, I, see, I feel like I see everyone else getting A++'s. I never get them out when I send them in. But this is part of the 2002 Nintendo Game Boy Advance game, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters. Um, this is based Battle City story arc of the animated series. This is your control in Yu-Gi-Oh! Moto, and it literally takes place just like the anime. This is a first-party H seam, which is the horizontal seam across the back, connected at the two sides of the box. Um, I, I was a huge fan of the show. The, having the game, Game Boy Advance, growing up was awesome. This game was actually pretty successful for it. It sold 750,000 copies just in the United States and 238,000 in Japan, making it the 27th highest-selling Game Boy Advance title, earning them $22 million. IGN only gave it a 5 out of 10. They were pretty rough on it. Game Informer gave it a 7.5 out of 10, and Nintendo Power gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Again, I, I basically just picked this up just, just for my love of the show. And the, the three limited cards in the back, you get Ryuka, which is a magic card, perfectly ultimate, great moth, and the gate attack was a pretty good trap card. Again, people buy these games now for the three limited edition cards because Yu-Gi-Oh! is a you know collectible trading card game. Um, I know PSA grades on Beckett and... I'm sure hopefully this sometime this year, CGC is going to be grading them cards. Um, it's not as valuable as the the other DDS. I know people try to pick up the blue eyes. That goes for thousands of dollars if you got it near mint. But uh, yeah, that's your weekly WADA. Yu-Gi-Oh! The Sacred Cards. Guys, Legends Arceus is here. Just like, <laughs> let's just soak it in. Let's enjoy it. Let's all play it. I'm so excited for... Uh, everybody out there that's been waiting for it, a different Pokemon experience. I'm going to give my impressions next week. And believe me when I tell you this, my parting words tonight, friends, is I will be truthful. I will not have the blinders on or the rose-tinted glasses. I'm going to give you my honest feedback, the pluses, the areas of opportunity, but just the fact that it's different makes me happy. I'm excited to talk about that, but that will be episode 269. We will see you next week for that episode. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Episode 269. We don't know shit about fuck. <laughs> <laughs>